This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Amen. Well, we've been talking about Jesus, and really I think a lot of people don't have a, 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 the revelation that they need of Jesus. And I think that we need to get a greater revelation of who Jesus is. Amen. And I believe the greater revelation of, uh, of Jesus that if you receive in your life, the greater faith you're going to walk in and the greater joy you're going to have in your walk. Do you believe that today? And so we've been talking about Jesus all month. And we talked about in the first session that Jesus qualifies to be our best friend. Do you believe that today? And why does he qualify? Because I'm going to say this, whatever problem that you have encountered, Jesus encountered it. Jesus encountered every every uh, problem known to man. He he encountered it, but he's the overcomer. And I'm going to say this to you today that you can overcome because the greater one is on the inside of you. Jesus showed us how to be an overcomer in this life, despite the obstacles that was against him. There were a lot of obstacles against Jesus. But he taught us that. And and so he so so he's the Bible says he's our high priest and he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He he qualifies to be our high priest. Amen. We discovered also that Jesus still does miracles. How many people believe that Jesus still can do a miracle in the house? And I'm telling you, he can do a miracle in your body. He can do a miracle in your finances. He can do a miracle in your relationships. Do you believe that today? And he's a miracle worker, glory to God. And, you know, maybe you're believing God for a miracle. Maybe you haven't seen it yet. I'm going to say, as the Bible says, keep standing. The Bible says, you know, I, I hate to tell you this, but it's not faith alone that will get you the miracle. It's faith and patience. Oh, the Bible says through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. So it's faith and patience. So it's the process. So we have to, we sometimes, there's a process in receiving the provision. But in that process, I'm telling you, warriors are made in deserts. And I'm telling you, God is creating warriors in the house, in this house, and in this church. You believe that today? And then we found out Jesus is our shepherd. And I love that he's, he's our shepherd and we shall not lack for any good thing. And, and all these sermons that I ministered, you, if you haven't been, you know, if you haven't been in the service, go back and look at some of these. I believe you'll be blessed. We found out also Jesus is coming again. And that's awesome because, you know, he, he was raised up in a cloud and the angel said, as you see him go up, he's going to come back. And I'm telling you, Jesus is coming back sooner than we think. You believe that today? I'm telling you, the the Bible says the world out here is going to get worse, but the church is going to get lighter. In other words, the the, the glory of the church is going to grow brighter in these dark days. Do you believe that today? And I believe it today. I believe that God's light and his glory is in the house. It's upon the people, upon you. And we're here to let our light shine so that people can see our good works and glorify God that is in heaven. 
we discovered last week that, you know, that that sickness is not a blessing from God. (laughs) Some people think sickness is something that God puts on you to teach you something. But we found out the word of God teaches us the truth. Amen. God chastises us with his word and not with sickness. But, you know, but but we found out that Jesus, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, how would God put sickness on you with his hands? No, the Bible says lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Would he do it with his mouth? The Bible says that he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. There's nothing but good from God. And you got to realize that God is good and the devil is bad and the devil wants to steal, kill and to destroy. But Jesus came that we can have life and have it what? More abundantly. So I want to walk in abundance of health. How about you? And I believe you can walk in that abundance of health. And, And today we're going to talk about that Jesus is the Lamb of God. Amen. Jesus is the Lamb of God. And John 1, 29, this is, um, uh, this is John, uh, the, uh, the baptizer, the cousin of Jesus. And so he's, he's there and he sees Jesus and he actually says this, he makes this remark. He says, the next day uh, saw Jesus coming towards him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And I'm telling you, Jesus, I, I, I believe that that uh, what uh, what re- the Bible reveals that Jesus is likened to through even the Old Testament and the New Testament is a lamb. I know he's the lion of the tribe of Judah, but he's also the lamb of God slain for the foundation of the world. And think about this. A lamb is meek and humble and Jesus is meek and he's humble. Amen. I'm telling you, humility is probably one of the, I would say is one of the greatest attributes of a Christian walk. I'm telling you, the more humble we are, the more power. I'm going to say this again. The more humble you are, the more power of God you're going to walk in. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so we have to continue to walk humbly before our God. So, so, so he says, Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. The, the Lamb is mentioned 104 times in the scripture. Half of them is mentioned in the f- first five books of the Bible. And, and a lot of the, the, the uh, description of Jesus as the Lamb is, is mentioned in the book of Revelation. And in Revelation 5, 11, 12, it says, Then look, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches, wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing." Isn't that awesome? So, so, so worthy is the lamb. Amen. I like what it says in Revelation 12, 11. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And the blood of Jesus is the most powerful blood in the universe. It has the power to wipe away every sin that we've ever committed. I'm telling you, the blood of Jesus is powerful. And we overcome because of the blood of Jesus. 
So we have to consider this. And, and I, I, I want to just talk to you a little bit uh, uh, about the Old Testament and how God delivered the Israelites and how this connects to uh, this week of Passover and uh, how the Jews are celebrating Passover this week. And we celebrate it because I'm telling you, death has passed over us. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? In other words, you don't have to fear death. Glory to God, because Jesus tasted death for each one of us. And so we know the Israelites and we know that God, you know, did these uh, awesome uh, miracles uh, to get the Israelites out of the bondage of the Egyptians. And we know that there were 10 plagues. And, you know, God was really, I really believe he was really easy on them with these plagues. And he, and he was trying to get them to get, you know, get to a place. He was trying to get Pharaoh to get to a place where he would release the Israelites. But, you know, Pharaoh just kept hardening his heart. And I don't know about you, but I don't want a hard heart. And I'm telling you, if, if something starts messing up in my life and things aren't going well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check up and say, Lord, is there any areas in my life? I know if you live godly, you're going you're gonna to suffer some persecution. I'm not talking about that. But what I'm saying is that sometimes that the curse can be rolling in and we could be opening the door to the curse. Amen. And Pharaoh, he was not, you know, he was not uh, heeding to the Lord. And, you know, God is so merciful and, and he's so kind. But but finally he had to do the final judgment was to send a death angel and to kill the firstborn uh, of every family uh, uh, in, in the nation of Egypt. And so, so he had to do that just so that the children of Israel would be released. And, you know, one of the reasons why uh, that they need, they need to be released is sacrifice. You know, one of the reasons Moses said, well, I, I want to take the children of Israel out so we can sacrifice to our Lord. They, 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 the, 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 uh, in my study, the Egyptians, they worship lambs. And there was no way they could sacrifice a lamb. So, 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 uh, so the Egyptians, you know, uh, the Pharaoh, uh, he, he, he hardened his heart, but the death angel had to come. So what, what did God tell the Israelites? He said, you need to take blood and you need to put it on, on, on the post of the door and on the sides. And you need to take a lamb and you need to eat that lamb and you need to be ready. Amen. And the blood protected them from the death angel. And I'm going to say this today, you need, you need, sometimes you just need to apply the blood of Jesus. Apply the blood of Jesus on your family. Apply the blood of Jesus on your life. Apply the blood of Jesus on, on your, the, your backslidden relatives. Just apply the blood. Amen. Because the blood is powerful. And it, and it, it's, it, it still speaks in the holy of holies. Mercy and forgiveness. You know, Jesus, you know, today is, is, is Palm Sunday. And I was thinking about that. I was reading about that this morning. And uh, I was thinking about how, how Jesus uh, was, uh, you know, came in to Jerusalem on a, on a donkey. And, you know, that, you know, he could have came in on a horse. But a horse is really a, an animal for battle. But he came in on a donkey signifying that a donkey is an animal of peace. And Jesus came to give us peace. He came in Jerusalem in peace. Isn't that awesome? 
He came to, to bring peace to mankind. And so he came in and they had those palm uh, leaves and they, and they put them on the ground and they waved them. Amen. And I'm telling you, those, those palm branches, you know, the palm tree. I, I heard this. The palm tree is one of the strongest trees known to man. And it can take it can take a beating with the wind. It can bend all the way down. It can it can it can handle any tropical storm. And I believe that what those palm trees represent is, is the stability of Jesus. And those that are standing with Jesus, no matter what the winds of this life, no matter what the storms of this life, you're going to keep standing. I'm telling you, Jesus shows us how to stand and we're going to keep standing with Jesus. Do you believe that today? Jesus I'm telling you, and they started worshiping him. And the Pharisees said, you need to quiet down your disciples. And Jesus said, listen, if they don't start, if they don't shout glorifying God, the rocks would cry out. And I'm telling you before, listen, we need to be people. And I'm going to encourage you today. You need to be a worshiper. And this church is a worshiping church. And I'm not talking about Sunday mornings. I'm talking about every day you get up, you need to start shouting glory. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He's worthy of all praise and all glory and all honor. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? He is the Lamb of God. Spotless glory to God. So, so we, we're talking about the Lamb today. And we're talking about how the Lamb plays a part in our lives. Amen. And I want to talk to you a little bit about, about the Lamb of God. And, and so uh, Jesus is really considered our Passover Lamb. Glory to God. And so, and so there's three things about the Passover Lamb I want to talk to you about. First of all, the Lamb that they used that the Israelites used to, to, to actually cover their sins. You know, the Israelites in the Old Testament, the blood of these lambs just covered the sins of the people. But you know the blood of Jesus does a lot more than just cover our sins. It washes our sins away. In other words, that means that we don't have to walk around, you know, hoping and wishing that we're okay with God. You are all right with God because of the blood of Jesus. Have faith in that sacrifice. Have faith in the sacrifice that Jesus paid to make us right with God. You're right with God. Why? Because of the blood. If you accepted Jesus, the blood doesn't just cover your sins. It washes your sins Away. First Corinthians 5, 7 says it this way. The second part says, for Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Glory to God. So the lamb has to be perfect. And in Exodus 12, 5, uh, it says this way. The animals you choose must be a year old, males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Amen. So 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 we see this. That uh, that uh, that they had to have a perfect lamb and Jesus. Listen, Jesus is perfect. He's perfect and he's the perfect sacrifice without spot or wrinkle. In other words, Jesus walked this life perfectly in perfect obedience to God, the father. I wish I could say that I'm perfectly obedient to God, the father all the time. But thank God for the blood. 
Thank God for the blood that ever cleanses me from all unrighteousness. Thank God if I walk in the light as he is in the light, we have we we have uh, the blood of Jesus that will cleanse us from what? Some unrighteousness, all unrighteousness. So how do you keep the blood working? Keep walking in the light. How do you walk in the light? Walk in the light of the word that you know. As you walk in the light of the word that you know, what, what do you mean by that? What the word tells you to do, you do it. You obey the word of God. You walk in that light. And as you get more word and more understanding, you walk in more light. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And when you walk in more light, the blood of Jesus, basically walking in obedience to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so we have to see that. And, and, and you know, Jesus, it was interesting. The next thing Jesus did uh, after he, he, he came into Jerusalem, you know, he went into the temple and they were, they were selling animals for, for the week of the Passover so they could be sacrificed because the people would come in from all these different towns because that week was the week of Passover and they would sacrifice a lamb for their families. And in the temple, what they were doing is they were selling lambs and they, the, the priests would inspect the lambs. And sometimes the people would bring in a lamb and the priest would, would, would fudge a little bit and say, your lamb's not good enough. You've got to buy our lamb. And so they were, they were basically extorting the people. And when Jesus came in, they were turning God's house in, into a house of merchandise. And Jesus was so fired up. You know, he took that cord and he drove the money changers out. I'm telling you. And what did he say? He said, my house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. I'm telling you, listen, we got to be very careful as Christians. We're not making it all about the money. We're not making it all about us and our provisions and what we can get out of it. Good, you know, God will supply every need, but we don't need to be focused on that. We need to be focused on our relationship with God. We need to examine ourselves and make sure that we're serving God, not for what God can give to us, but what we can give to him. Hey, I thank you for some amens. Because a lot of times we, we come into this walk, we're thinking, what can God do for me? No, 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 no. What can you do for him? And when you start worshiping him and making your house, your tabernacle house, your body is the a, is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And when you start making this tabernacle house a, a house of praise, a house of worship, a house of prayer, I'm telling you, God's going to move. I'm telling you, the anointing and the grace of God will be on your life. People will see the difference are you hearing what I'm saying to you today I'm telling you God is so awesome I'm going to say this uh, you know the world you know the world believes this and and this is how the world thinks they think that everybody had are inherently good and good people are going to make it into a better place and normally you hear this at at funerals that was a good person and, you know, and, and people and you always say, well, at least they're in a better place. And the world says that. But the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible doesn't teaches there's two places. There's a good place. There's a heavenly place. But there's a hellish place. There's two places. 
And by a lot of times that the people of the world would say, well, that was a good person. Surely God would uh, uh, bring them into a heavenly place. But listen, listen, only perfect people can make it to heaven. Oh, my gosh. I know it's quiet in here now. Only perfect. You say, man, only perfect people can make it to heaven. It's not a good person. It's a perfect person. And you're quiet. I'm going to say this. The blood of Jesus has made you perfect to stand in God's presence to get to heaven. Your spirit, just man's spirits made perfect, as it says in the book of Hebrews. Your spirit is made perfect and you can't get to heaven unless your sins are totally washed away. Unless you have. Are you listening to what I'm talking about today? This should make some of you happy here. You have perfection in your spirit, glory to God. You got to be perfect. Jesus makes us perfect because of his blood. He makes our spirits perfect. Now, I'm not talking about your flesh. Uh, we got to grow in faith. But you're, you're not going to be any more righteous uh, today than you will be next week. Because a, your righteousness is based on the blood of Jesus. You can't grow in righteousness. But you can grow in faith. You can grow in holiness. But you have right standing with God. You can't get any better in your right standing with God because of the blood of Jesus. Is this helping anybody today? Because of the blood of Jesus. But people think that God grades on a scale and you can be like maybe 90 percent, you know, over the 51 percent mark. And if you're over 51, the scale tips your way and you can make it to heaven. But that's not how it works, because how good do you have to be to make it to heaven? How good do you have to be? Well, Jesus is is 100 and 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 Hitler say is zero. Where where do we fall at? I used to witness to people and I would ask them, do you think you're going to make it to heaven? And they say, yeah, I think so. I said, what's the percentage? What's your percentage? And they said, well, they would think about it a little bit, maybe 70%. That's a D. <laughs> and I said, at 70%, yeah, maybe 70%. What makes you think, well, I'm not as bad as the axe murderer. <laughs> I'm not as bad as this person. No, 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 we have to compare ourselves to Jesus. And in our, see, listen, you have no goodness besides Jesus. Can I say that? In yourself, you have no goodness besides Jesus abiding. I can't be good unless Jesus is working his goodness through me for you. Apart from Jesus, I have no goodness. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need Jesus. That's why, you know, this world, it can be so deceptive to the unbeliever because there's goodness in this world, even for unbelievers. And so this world is different because it has God in this world. Because God is in us and we're dis- and we're uh, revealing the glory of God into this place. And God's revealing his glory all the time. Even his reign is falling on the sinners and the saints. And so what sinners, what happens with sinners is they get a misconception. They think, well, it's good and it's bad down here at times. But they don't realize that hell is totally void of God. And heaven is totally full of God. And there's no goodness, there's no mercy, there's no love in hell. 
That's the reason why Jesus is our Passover lamb. That's why Jesus is the sacrifice. He paid an awesome sacrifice. He paid, he paid such a sacrifice for us. And the second key I want to talk to you about is, the first key is the lamb has to be perfect. Jesus is perfect. It takes a perfect person to redeem an imperfect person. Amen? So you, so you have to be perfect to redeem an uh, imperfect person. Number two, the lamb has to be sacrificed. The lamb has to be sacrificed. In Exodus 12, 6, see, because, listen... God required the blood of an animal to uh, the price of see because sin. Listen, sin. uh, God said in Genesis, sin always brings death. So the wages of sin is death. That's a law. It's a law. It's a spiritual law. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of life, eternal life, is Jesus Christ. So that's a law too. There's a law. There's two laws. In Romans 8, there's the law of life in Christ Jesus that sets you free from the law of sin and death. Thank God we're walking in the law of life. But there is a law of sin and death. And so God had them sacrifice an animal and the blood of that animal, the life of that animal was was to cover the life of a person. But thank God that Jesus is greater than any lamb that was slain to cover the sins of the people. And Jesus had to be, you know, it's interesting to me. A lot of people don't think about this, but Jesus was crucified. But more than he was crucified, he, he, he endured. I'm, has anyone seen the movie The Passion? And if you've seen that movie with Mel Gibson, uh, a lot of people, you know, have a hard time watching that because it was so brutal, the brutality of it. But you know what? That really didn't depict really what Jesus went through. In other words, that was pretty light compared to what Jesus went through because he had the sin of the world placed on him. And the Bible said in Isaiah 52, he says in Isaiah 52, verse 13, See, my servant will act wisely. He'll be raised and lifted up and highly exalted, just as there were many who were appalled at him. And his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being and his form marred beyond human likeness. So so he was beat so bad and he was and he was whipped and he was beat and he was punched and he was slapped and he was spit on. And, and he endured all this. Uh, he went to the cross and, and he, had, he had spikes in his hands and his feet. You know, he had these thorns that were that was on his skull. Think about what he went through. And I think about this. And some people say, why would a good God send people to hell? And I want to say this. A good God doesn't send people to hell. What I'm going to say this is that is that people, God doesn't reject people. People reject God. Can I say that again? God doesn't reject people because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God's not rejecting anybody. He for all can come. To, into whoever is willing to drink of the water of life. In other words, he has, has an open invitation, but people are rejecting God left and right. They don't want God. They don't want his goodness. They don't want his son, Jesus. 
they reject him. And in the consequence of rejecting the son, they don't get heaven. Are you listening? God's not rejecting anybody. People are rejecting God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? In other words, you know, in other words, the goodness of the message of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is constantly being ministered to. But are you willing to receive from him? Are you willing to receive his goodness? Are you willing to receive his mercy? Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So we have to we have to think about that. And in the Old Testament, it took two lambs every day for the sins of the people. This was an ordinance. They had to kill a lamb in the morning and a lamb at night. And I like what it says in Hebrews 10, 10 and 14. By that uh, 10, 10 through 14. By that, I, by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices. It's talking about in Hebrews. It's talking about every priest is sacrificed. This is in the Old Testament. Which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. From that time, waiting till his enemies are made a footstool. By one offering, he had perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So I love this because Jesus doesn't have to be crucified again. I like this because Jesus came to the cross once and he paid the price once. And we don't have to sacrifice any more animals. Thank God that we can rely on the total sacrifice of Jesus on, on Easter day. Are you listening? I'm sorry, on Good Friday. Uh, he, we rely on his sacrifice. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And I'm telling you, that's good news today. And because we don't, listen, God is so good. Listen, the Bible says when we sin intentionally, when we sin, when we, go our, when we are wayward and we're rebellious against God, the Bible says that we sacrifice Jesus in a sense all over again. Are you listening to what I'm saying? That's why sin is so bad. That's why we need to be constantly seeing if we are in the faith. We got to be constantly check, allowing God to check us out. We got to be constantly seeking. You know, I'm always asking, Lord, if there's any areas in my life, show me. Because I want to walk in total obedience to you. Because humility is the key for the power of God in our lives. But humility is predicated by our obedience. And Jesus is the obedient lamb of God. His obedience opens the door for, the, for, for him to be the most highly exalted person in the universe. Third key, the lamb has to be shared. In Exodus, it says, if in, in any household is too small for a whole lamb, Exodus 12, 4. If any household is too small for the whole lamb, they must share one with the nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people there are. You are to determine the amount of the lamb needed in accordance with each person that will eat. Now, this is talking about in, in the day that the death angel was going to come, that God gave them specific instructions. That was to take the blood and put it on the doorpost and above. And that was to eat a lamb and to be ready to go. Amen. And, and here it's saying that if the family is too small, then you need to share the lamb. And what I believe this is saying is, is he's saying here that that 
that in a sense that as we receive Jesus as our lamb and our salvation, we need to share Jesus with other people. In other words, our house is too small. In other words, we need to expand our house and we need to, we need to go out and reach people for God. I'm telling you right now, with, with Easter being next week, we should be witnessing. We should be talking about the goodness of God. Uh, are you listening to what I'm saying today? Whenever God gives you the opportunity, I, was wit- I witnessed to a person yesterday. And I was talking to that person. I was in the store and I found out that they knew my, this person knew my nephew. <laughs> and uh, she, he went to school with my nephew. I said, well, that's pretty cool because my nephew used to work at, at, uh, at this particular store that I was at. And I, I said, well, do you know Jesus? I said, I, said, I said, do you know if you died today, do you know where you spend eternity? And he said, I don't know. And I said, I said, do you go to church? He said, yeah, I go to the Baptist church. I said, they don't teach you this stuff? You, know? <laughs> you go to the Baptist church and you don't know if you're going to go to heaven? What are they teaching you over there? No, I didn't say that, but <laughs> I said, I said, you know, you don't know. I said, I said, geez, listen. Uh, and I just explained to him that, that, that salvation is not based on our goodness, but it's based on Jesus's goodness and us putting our faith and trust in Jesus's goodness and his sacrifice. And our faith is based on that. I said, have you asked Jesus into your heart? Oh, yeah, I've done that. Then you're saved. But the next key is, are you walking with him? Because there's two parts. There's receiving Christ. And then the second part is walking with Christ. Can I say that again? There's, there's receiving Jesus. You've got to receive Jesus. But then you've got to walk with Jesus. Hello. You can't re- say, I got Jesus and walk with the devil. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? In other words, you need to walk with Jesus. You need to start obeying Jesus. You need to start walking with him. Like I said last week in the Bible says, Jesus said, why call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I ask you to do? Why was King Saul, why was he rejected for being king? Why? The reason uh, King Saul was the first king in in the Bible over the Israelites, and and he was rejected for being king. But but the reason why he was rejected, because he rejected God by being disobedient to God. In other words, he wasn't obedient to God. He wouldn't follow God's directives. He wouldn't follow the prophet's directives, which was the spokesperson of God. And he rejected God's authority over his life. And because he rejected God's authority and he did not obey God, God rejected him. Ooh, is this powerful or what? So I'm going to say to you, receive Jesus and walk with Jesus. Receive Jesus and walk with Jesus. Walk in the light. Walk with him. And I'm telling you, when you start walking with Jesus, I'm telling you, you're not going to have down days. You're not going to have depressed days because you know who you're with. And he's with you. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, yes, you're going to have some struggles and you're going to deal with some issues. But you got Jesus and he's with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. And he's with you in the struggle. And he's with you in the weakness. And he's with you in your sickness. And he's with you. And he's bringing you out. He's bringing you out of those things. He's bringing you out. He's the great. He's the mighty conqueror. 
He teaches us how to conquer. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so he's teaching us how to conquer. What, what, do, you, what do you need to do with this message? First of all, you know, we have Easter coming up this Sunday, this coming Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. First of all, pray for those that you know that don't know Jesus. Start praying for them because, listen, uh, these peoples, the Bible actually says that the God of this age, in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, the God of this age or of this world has blinded the minds of the people lest they see the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, what we need to do is we need to pray that the blinders be removed off of our family's eyes, off of our neighbor's eyes. We, they, the blinders need to be removed because they're not seeing what we see. I want to say that again. If they saw what we see, they would be in church right now. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? That's why, that's why we can't get too critical because the God of this world is blinding the minds lest they see the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we just need to take authority and command those scales to be removed. Are you listening? Then pray and ask God to, to send them a gift of repentance. In other words, the Holy Spirit has to draw the people and pray that God will draw them into the kingdom of God, that, that the scales will be removed and Father God, draw them into the kingdom of God. Are you listening? Pray for those people. Let's not forget, because sometimes we get so excited about our walk and what God is doing in our lives, we forget about the lost and the dying world. And I'm, I'm saying to you today, pray for those. Number two, uh, invite people out to the service for next Sunday. They say, statistically, if anybody's going to show up at church, they're going to show up on Easter. I don't know why. But they say that, so you got your best shot to bring somebody to church next Sunday. So, so pray and ask the Lord, who should you invite to church? Amen. And then, and then you, you pray because the Bible says, how will they hear in Romans if there's not a preacher? How, how would they be told? It says in Romans, but, but, but before, this is Romans 10, 14, but before people can ask the Lord for help, they must believe him. And before they can believe him, they must hear about him. And for them to hear about the Lord, someone must tell them. In other words, you just need to ask people. Amen. Oh, man, this is going over good like a lead balloon today. <laughs> it got quiet on this. And I'm telling you, the more you start witnessing the goodness of God, God revealed this to me. He said, he said, David, if you want to grow in your faith, I said, yeah, I want to grow in my faith. He said, just just talk to, talk about me to as many people as you can. And the more you talk about my goodness in your life, the more you talk about what I'm doing, not the bad things that the devil's doing, but what God is doing. The more you talk about God, the greater your faith is going to be. So I always get an opportunity to try to talk to somebody about the Lord. Why? That grows my faith. In other words, we overcome, again, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We overcome by speaking words of faith and life and telling people, you know, you may not feel like you're an overcomer, but you tell somebody, I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer, you know. No, you're an overcomer in Christ. Jesus made you an overcomer. You confess what Jesus says that you are. You confess what the word of God says that you are. Amen. And then I'm going to say this for the third key. Show up next Sunday. 
Come to church next Sunday. Don't skip out on Easter. Oh, I'm not going to make it. No, no, show up. You'd be surprised. (laughs) Well, it's vacation time and we're on vacation. No, you never take a vacation from the Lord. If I'm ever out of the city and it's a Sunday, I'm going to try to find a church to go to. Why? Because I, listen, not, not just for God, I need it for myself. How many people need more peace in here? How many people need more joy in here? How, are you, how many people need more grace? I'm telling you, I need it. I need all of that. It's not just for God. I come to church for myself. I need God. I need a move of God in my life. I need a touch of God in my life. This morning, God moved in this service because he wants to reveal to each one of us that he's here, that he loves you, that he's with you, and he's never going to leave you or forsake you. He loves you with an everlasting love. You're with him. Say, I'm with God. And he's with me. Woo. You're with him and he's with you. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? He's awesome. And he's with you today. And the blood washes and cleanses you from all unrighteousness. And I'm telling you, as Jesus came in triumphant into Jerusalem on that donkey, he came in triumphant, uh, you know, on that day, the following week, he came out of the grave triumphant. He came into heaven the same way, triumphant, with his blood, showing it to the Father that he overcame all the things that the devil threw at him, and he still overcame and made it to the very end and overcame death. And I'm telling you right now, as we walk with God, as we walk in obedience to him, we are overcoming death every day in our lives. We're overcoming death of depression. We're overcoming death of sickness. We're overcoming death of financial lack. We're overcoming it. Do you believe it today? I believe it. Have you received it today? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father. I just thank you for your mercies. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your love. I thank you for these precious people out here. And I thank you, Father God, that you drew them in with your love. And Father, perhaps there's somebody in here that doesn't know you. Perhaps you're watching online today. And you know that you need Jesus in your life. That it's not working for you with what you're doing right now. Well, today is a day of salvation. And just pray this prayer after me if you're ready to receive Christ today. Don't reject him. He has already accepted you because he gave his son Jesus to pay the price. Say this after me and me in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Heavenly Father, Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.